Hi, folks. I'm Chris Daly, and it's my pleasure to have great conversations with great Jamaicans doing great things. And we do have a great Jamaican today. Is Mr. Michael Irvin Phillips. He's an author. His latest work is a Jamaica Poor No More, and he'll be sharing us. Um, he's written a a one-man production, Hot Kalalu Newsletter, and he's been doing this thing from 1992 to 1999. He then moved that onto a web base to com. He was born, of course, in Jamaica, migrated to the United States to do an education at Howard University, where he received his MA in education and BS in chemistry. He'll be talking about some very contemporary issues today, and give us his wisdom. And to do the interview is my partner in crime, Janice. Janice, take it away. Thanks, Chris. And Michael, welcome back. Glad to be here again. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Michael has blessed this before. So um, we ask that you go into the archives and listen to the first one, um, the first interview. But for those of you who don't know Michael, you are a proud Jamaican. So tell us a little bit about your family roots. Well, I grew up in Kingston, uh, went to Casey for three years, and then we moved to Mandeville. And so I finished my high school at Manchester High School. Mm-hmm. After that, I I, um, I spent a year working in Jamaica and then left for Howard University to university for my college degrees that were mentioned before. So, as you know that all three of us are Howard alums, (laughs) you know, different years, but the same spirit. I think it's in in the DNA, you know. (laughs) If you're from Jamaica, you know, if you don't go to UE, if you stay home, you go to UE, if you travel... You go to Howard? I think that might be what's going on here. But hey, look to Howard, because lots of fine Jamaicans have um, have come through the gates of Howard. You migrated to the U.S. due to education. What has life been like for you in the diaspora? Well, you know, I worked my way through college, and mm-hmm. my first job was a uh, messenger for Western Union delivering telegrams on a Mm. bicycle. I don't think many people have that experience, but it gave me a good introduction and cross-section of America at an early time, and I thought that was invaluable. So, Mm. you know, that perspective and the cross-section, I thought, uh, you know, was very important and very uh, shaping of, of my of what life was like in America. I see. When when I left Jamaica, they were still doing bicycles for the post office. I don't really remember. So I, I do remember mail carriers doing the bicycle thing. Well, I mean, not Western Union, but I'm talking about in Jamaica. I do remember that. You've had a broadcast medium, a newsletter since the early 90s. What made it motivated you to start such a initiative well um i th- i felt that 
there were things I did not know going on in the Caribbean. And mm -hmm. I felt it was crucial for me to know them. And I thought it was crucial for all Caribbean student members like me to to keep in touch. And, and the, I, I tried to produce everything which I think every Caribbean person should know at the minimum. That was my objective in, in doing that. And I got into it and I just couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that was the backstory about the name, Kala, Hot Kalaloo? Hot Kalaloo. I mean, the reason why I ask is because if you say Caribbean, I don't know if the other islands call it Kalaloo. Do we? Are well, we on this or well I know in Trinidad, actually, I think they call it bargy, but the dish is Kalaloo after it's cooked. Uh, so, uh, it's so it's bargy when you go when it goes into the pot and then after it's yeah cooked, the, it's the pot kalaloo? itself I think that's what it's called and then the the dish is kalaloo but mm. um my hot kalaloo uh well we know it is the sort of the Jamaican spinach version right. of spinach right right yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if you remember skipping I don't know if kids do that but where you have the they call it jump rope here in America. Yeah, and yeah, I remember. Where two people, and, uh, you know, I go way back. And yeah, I, you, I, I they, do kind of remember had, that. I mean, like when you did faster, the faster, how come, how come, and then you would just do no, it faster, no, faster, faster. No, no, it's more, they had, they had skipping rhymes, and one of them was mosquito one, mosquito two, mosquito jump in the hot kalaloo. And there was yeah! I do so remember I wanted that. people to jump in a hot kalaloo. Those skipping rhymes were sort of cute. Room for rent, inquire within. When you run out, I run in. I mean, we those. I suppose those are way back in the in well, in the distant past. But uh, well, I remember yeah, those yeah. things. But that is really. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, when you when you brought it, when you mentioned it, it did trigger a memory. You know, great, and I was like, oh yeah, great, I do remember great. how Kalalu. Just seems like just like with the bicycle. You know, I remember the post of the the the, the postman. With the white shirt and the black pants riding on the bicycle. <laughs> yeah, so share with us your perspective on oh, what yeah. are the elements Jamaica has been blessed with to establish its positive future. Oh, yes. Um, well, I would pick out resilience as the, as, as the real outstanding characteristic of Jamaica. Life has not been easy and and out of but they have not they bend but they don't break. They are resilient and that I think is a tremendous asset that Jamaicans have. Yeah. And and then that's the way to survive too, you know. Definitely. Because if you're static you're just not it's just not gonna work out because you know, just a decade ago, people weren't doing Facebook and Twitter and these kind of things. And now it's pretty much, <laughs> you know, a necessity, at least in the business world, to be on LinkedIn and things of that nature, you know. You have now written an insightful book regarding wealth creation in Jamaica. What, tell us, what motivated you to write such a book? Well, you know, I I spend a lot of time thinking about things. 
And and one thing, you know, Jamaica is not considered a poor country. It's considered it, it's not poor. It's a developing country. And I said, yeah. is it? Is it? You know, that is just a euphemism to me. I don't find it's developing. Uh, and and I don't, I mean, when will we become developed? And and so I was very concerned about that. And, mm. and, and that rested on my mind. And, and I was not satisfied with our failure to develop. And I felt yeah. there has to be some alternative. And I well, think I came up with the alternative that will developed Jamaica. Yeah, because you know, some of the ideas, well, for any, any, whoever you talk to, whether it's the economist or whatever, for anything to, um, any country to do, you have to go into production mode. You cannot be a, a worker and a consumer. If you're a worker and consumer, you, you're just doomed. And so some of the ideas that you brought forth in the book, they were, um, I think they were relevant to this this climate and, and and no jamaica i don't believe jamaica is a poor country jamaica is no more poor than africa africa is the wealthiest well, co- continent on the planet but, but and they're not, poor but you know but they're wealthy but they're poor time. something there must be something wrong there and i you know i i believe we we're just doing the same old things over and over again and i, I believe time. we've got to completely break from that Yes, and I think, and by 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 writing such an intriguing book and laying out these suggestions, that audience, you simply must read this book and find out some of the ideas that that could that will make Jamaica poor no more, as you say in your title. What are the three principles you wanted the reader to appreciate as they get inspired by reading your fine fine work? Well, you know. I would say I've written three books, three mm-hmm. non-fiction books, anyhow. And, and they're great reads. And they're, they're, they should be almost considered a trilogy because mm-hmm. they revolve around what I call the Goodwill Revolution. And yes. the first one, I introduced the Goodwill Revolution, the, the uh, principles of it. And the second one, I applied it to American ghetto to elevate it out of that status. And this one is, I, the goodwill resolution is a critical part of improving and gym, the quality of life in Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it's a whole book here. That's a, almost a whole book that question requires. But basically, I believe the problem is we've got to abandon our lust for money and power and material things. And I provide so is that a Jamaican thing or a human thing, a human nature thing? Well, that's for how Jamaica will have to improve. Uh, mm. And uh, so I, not only Jamaica, it will work anywhere, as I said, it'll work. And, and my recommendation for Jamaica will fit any other poor or developing country. Yeah. So you, um, you, like I say, you're asking you about the principles you wanted the reader to appreciate as they get inspired. So you have a poem to inspire us? Well, you know, 
we are the diaspora and mm-hmm. um and, and that is good but it's for some of us it's worse than that we're almost as if we're exiled from Jamaica and mm-hmm. this poem is called Jamaica Exile mhm okay here goes Jamaica Exile imprisoned in my home sweet home behind iron bars that lets in the sunshine but keeps out crime is not for me anymore for Jamaica bleeds stabbed in the heart repeatedly by ruthless thugs of crime and Jamaicans die and fear death even behind their iron bars that let in sunshine but keeps out crime and because of these ruthless thugs of crime Jamaicans leave exiled to a foreign land to leave behind distrusted politicians trapped in stereotypes to serve a cynical public and hopelessly watch as crime plan after new crime plan fails and even innocent children die and heartless thugs triumph to leave behind their yam and sweet potato for foreign fast cholesterol filled food leave behind their tropic nights filled with reggae music leave behind their seas so blue before it turns red with the blood of jamaica before laughter turns to screams before laughter turns to slaughter to leave all that behind for exile in some uncaring foreign land for anonymity to adopt a foreign culture and live in the memory of a crime free jamaica without iron bars to let in sunshine but to keep out crime it is not a life without jamaica i am alive but i am not kicking wow the way that ends it makes you like uh it's like a Lucille Clifton poem. I don't know if you're familiar with her. When she always yeah. ends the poem, just like, boof, you know, like a penny. And it just drops at the end, like, ah, nice. So Jamaica. Well, uh, I wanted to create an effect like that. And, uh, um, you know, and in my book, I deal with crime. I deal with how to prevent crime. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have, right now, we have the, um, all sort of security going on there now uh, mm-hmm. states of emergencies and all that type of thing and, and crime is one of the biggest problems in Jamaica oh, yeah. and I and and unless my my book would be incomplete if I didn't address that and once again I have a complete different perspective on crime yeah, I definitely. But the main thing for crime is poverty. Um, the reason why there's poverty is is the lack of jobs, and so we can't sure. keep importing. <laughs> you know, we've got to produce. So, what are the hurdles to get to that production mode? What are the hurdles we face in realizing our full potential? Uh, well. As I said before, you know, I, I spoke 
we have a cultural problem in that this lust for money is is a big thing. Now, I, I'd like to read a quote from Shakespeare because this mm-hmm. is very important. And it's, mm-hmm. it's from Hamlet. What okay. a piece of work is man, how noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, in form, in moving, how express and admirable in action. In action, how like an angel. In apprehension, how like a god. The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. I believe that man is naturally good, as this description of Shakespeare said. But I think our culture has undermined that goodness, that lust for money and power has undermined that goodness. And what we need is a culture that reinforces this goodness. And that is what I call the Good Rule Revolution, which is my yeah. three books are based on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I, I, I make out how this is, is not just pie in the sky idealism, but how it is a practical thing if we give it a chance. And it is, it is feasible. It is feasible. And, in, and because Jamaica seems to be poised, to restart its economy in the post-COVID-19 world, if you had the prime minister here, and I think, oh, he listens to this podcast, what wisdom would you share? Well, you know, I I think part of that, I I think we we should have a national policy of goodwill towards all. And this is this is that same philosophy that I have here. Uh, one of the biggest problems we have in Jamaica and over the world, Jamaica is not unique, is the polarization of its people. Goodwill towards all means you committing yourself to goodwill to all, regardless of race, culture, socioeconomic status. In Jamaica, unfortunately, we still have a class system and we have political polarization. I. My book on undermines all that, and and it does create, a con, you know, it, it turns people into a network of support, and I think if we by achieving that we will it we will have probably the greatest country in the world. I, I'm not just looking; I am looking to to the top. You know, right now, I think we look too much towards the old European countries and America, and America is a disaster right now with uh, with the head of the country like that. They, they're, they're, you know, there's no leadership in the world today. I think we could be that leader just because we're small uh, is not yeah, but, but like something say, to hold we, us back. When they say we look above with Taliban, and let's be That's honest, right. let's say, Okay, our 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 structure stems from the UK, and if you look at the UK, it's really just an island, you know. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that England is really just a little island, and it literally there was a saying at one point: "The sun never sets on the British Empire." So just because you're little, it doesn't mean that you can't take down Goliath or run things. Right. Well, the British certainly did, you know. And 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 when you think about, um, you, you were talking about for people starting out. For example, if you're a student and you find themselves looking at a career to start in this world, 
what what would you say to them? Let's let's. What advice would you share? Oh, I'm sorry. Would you repeat that again? Okay. Let's say if you're a student and who finds himself looking at a career to start in this world, what advice would you share? Oh, okay. Well, the IT is everything these days. The information everything. technology, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it that is very important and that is a great direction to go in. However, you know, and and this has been brought up to me recently because of the COVID thing. You know, mm-hmm. they're rushing to get vaccines and, and treatment oh. for it. And the, the problem, not, you know, what is the motivation? For some, the motivation is I'll be a millionaire if I come up with that as opposed to I will be saving human life. And Jonas Salk, who invented the this polio vaccine, when they ask him about patented, he says, no, this is for everyone. And, and he made a dramatic. Well, I hope that we not only do we get into a, an occupation that is helpful to, the, to all around him, but that we maintain a spirit like that. That we are going beyond just making money, but we want to help the world. We want to help Jamaica. We want to help the people around too. Yes. And let's say it's 2030. And you look into your crystal ball. And tell us, what would you see? Because folks have adopted your wisdom from your fine piece of religious work that you um, envision in the Jamaican Noble more publication. Uh, what was the question again? Okay. I'm on my okay. cell phone. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> I understand. Don't walk around. <laughs> no, if you stay stationary, it's good. Look into your crystal ball and tell us what you see. Um, let's say it's 2030. 2030. So it's like 10 years from now. Okay, and a lot happens in 10 years, right? Um, what, because people have adopted some elements in your, um, from your book, what, what do you see because folks have adopted your wisdom? Well, I already stated it. I see Jamaica as the greatest country in the land. Nice. Uh, and I'm saying that. Because if we adopt a policy, you know, you you look all over the world, and what mm-hmm. is what is happening? It's a division. People are killing their own people. You look at the Rohingyas in Myanmar. You look even in America here. The divisions in people here, the hatred. What we I... and you know, we 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 can't take that for granted, and that could come to Jamaica too. Because it's sweeping the world all over the place. Uh, with my philosophy, with my culture, cultural trends, we will not have that problem. As a matter, which is why, which is badly needed, and that not only will we not be poor anymore, but we will be more morally superior. That's what I say. Instead of uh, being financially superior, I think my goal is to be moral, super, morally what? superior. And, and so that's if, what my yeah. plan is in 10 years. So when we read this book, 
um, we are going to have a blueprint of some of the things that we could incorporate to reduce crime because you have some job ideas that we should, um, some industries that we should get involved in, and I strongly agree with that. I absolutely, and um, if and if we adopt some of those industries, we will um, we will be in a production mode. And if we're in a production mode, we are producing jobs for our our um, community. And if we are if we have time to to be uh, working, we don't have time to stand on the corner and watch other people and um, think of things that you shouldn't be thinking of. So what closing statements do you want to share? Well, my closing statement is is the goodwill, goodwill to all. It's goodwill to good. all and not just Christmas. <laughs> no, do good and doing good is not hard to do. It's just that we have not made it a high priority. And and you let good doing good whenever you get a chance and you make that be a habit. In other words, instead of filling our pockets as my last chap the title of my last last chapter is fill your instead of filling your pockets, fill your soul. Right. And you've given us some very soul enriching things to meditate on. You've provided a blueprint of um how we can be creative and um, work on the resources that we have as a Jamaican. So we're going to test your Jamaicanness, okay? So, bammy or festival with fish? What do you think? Bammy. <laughs> Reggae or dancehall? Reggae, come on, no comparison. Domino or Ludi? Well, I don't know what Lou. They must be after my time there. I so I'd have to go. Parcheesi, they call. I think they call it they call it Parcheesi in the U.S. Oh, okay. The game Parcheesi. Domino, come on, no question about that. <laughs> okay, all right. So, to learn more about Jamaican diaspora, visit JamaicanDiaspora dot com. To learn more about Chris Daly, visit Digital to Grow. That's the digital with the number two grow. To learn about Michael Irving's latest book, Jamaica No More, it gives you soul enrichment. It gives you a blueprint of some industries that we should tap. Visit hotkalaloo.com. Michael, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Thank you very much, and you be safe and be well. Okay, thanks.